This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be financial or investment advice. Seek a licensed professional for investment advice about crypto or any other investment. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Blazing Crypto Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon, and as always, I'm joined by co-host Justin. Uh, Today, we're excited to continue our series on finding your crypto, how to navigate the cycle uh, using a GPS. So today is episode three in that series, and we are going to be talking about planning your exit strategy. So more on that in a bit. But Justin, I wanted to start with you know, it's an interesting time in the season. We're definitely in the midst of the bull run, but but obviously seeing some correction, uh, some some battle between people that want to short the market, long the market, a lot of noise going on, a lot of stuff going on. So just want to ask for a second, what's really got your attention right now in the market? Yeah, so one of the big things that I love to follow uh, and just learn about is called on-chain analytics. Um, and... Really what on-chain analytics is, is it's just tons of data uh, and insights that we have to the blockchain. Because because Bitcoin is a public ledger, all of the information is available for everybody. Um, and so one of the cool things that you could see is like who's buying right now. And I don't mean like, you know, this specific company is buying. But like we can see um, right now that uh, wallets, Bitcoin wallets that are holding 10,000 or more Bitcoin, which is, that's a lot of Bitcoin. Uh, to say the least. Must be nice. Yeah. Those wallets are actually buying more and accumulating. So uh, one of the big things I'm watching right now is when the market is pretty volatile or it's consolidating, just kind of bouncing back and forth in this range. I want to see who's buying because, yeah, those whales, those Bitcoin whales that we call them, they do not buy the top, right? They buy because they want it to go higher. So uh, it's a good signal for me that the market is still very bullish. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's actually one of the, if you will, kind of the buying signals we used back in the summer when Bitcoin dropped from 64 all the way down to 30K. And some people were saying it was going down to 10K, right? And, and you and I, we were able to access that on-chain data and actually say, oh, the whales have started buying again. Uh, which is a little bit unusual at that point in the cycle. And that, again, that signaled to us that things were not going to continue to go down, uh, but rather we were probably looking at a reversal back up. So that's awesome. You know, for me, I think one of the interesting things, I'm going to zoom way out here. You know, two and three years ago, kind of in the general media market space, like people, there were stories about Bitcoin price moving and, and, and kind of, that that grappling to sort of understand like what is bitcoin and what are all these things and it kind of seemed you know there's the whole like sketchy coder thing and people are almost sort of either scared of it or or it's kind of it feels like kind of like a a, like a nuisance like kind of like a dog barking in the yard you just want the dog to be quiet or whatever to do what it wants to do but not bother you and i I feel like now we've reached the point where and, and you and i you and i talked about this Three years ago, Bitcoin sort of presented itself uh, longer than three years ago. But if you go three years back, it was like Bitcoin had a solution to a problem. And it hasn't really changed. But what we've been able to see is we've actually been able to understand the problem better, right? The problem of inflation and, and, and crazy high inflation and what looks like even like unstoppable inflation, 
And so now Bitcoin as this deflationary asset, uh, the problem solution uh, quotient is a lot more clear today. And so it's actually interesting, again, whether it's whether it's large banks, investment brokers, hedge fund managers, uh, you know, CEOs of companies. It's more like, OK, well, how do we appropriate Bitcoin for our own advantage? Right. That that story came out about the, the restaurant in Canada, the small restaurant that actually bought Bitcoin uh, during the recession. And they're actually uh, they're actually expanding the three locations now. Uh, Bitcoin's accessible to literally everyone on the planet. Uh, maybe unless you live in one or two countries where you know the internet's not accessible. But the point is, it's just very fascinating to me to see how you know Bitcoin has gone from this like corner of the internet thing to a not just mainstream that it's popular, but people are starting to understand the, the problem that it solves, and that that's really that's really really exciting to me. All right, so in getting into our segment today, last time we talked about the fact that the top of the bull cycle, that Bitcoin accelerates and, and con continues and increases its, its acceleration rate until there's finally this, this straight vertical blow off top at the end. And so today, kind of in tandem with that, it's actually our belief that you need an exit strategy. Um, and that you actually you actually need you need a plan, uh, and so today we're going to talk about how do you do that? How do you build your exit strategy for actually pulling profit out of the market? But that kind of sets up the question, Justin. First of all, you know why why would you actually exit the market? You know, there's a lot of you know with stock market and stuff like that where things are a little more consistent and 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 uh, more predictable or something that. A lot of people say never exit the market. So help us out understanding why would we even say that you need to exit the market at all? Yeah, the well, first, I would say choosing to not exit the market is a very like that's a fine thing to do. Um, and a lot of people uh, that I follow in the in the crypto community um, are doing that and they've been doing that. Uh, as early as 2000, you know, starting in 2012, they just buy Bitcoin, hold it. Uh, and then, you know, even some of them, when they want to, whatever, when they want to buy a house or some other thing with that, they're going to use that as collateral, borrow against it. And yeah, that's a fine strategy. I think uh, for me, though, the the big play here is being able to use the volatility into your advantage. So just like, you know, Brandon and I, I, I can speak for you, I think, on this. We're not going to, I hope I can speak for you on this. We'll find out. Um, you know, I wouldn't tell someone to go sell all of their, you know, Tesla stock or whatever stock they may have. Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to tell people to go sell their stocks to uh, try to play the volatility of the stock market. Like, that just doesn't make sense at all. Um, the stock market is very different from crypto. Uh, and crypto gives us immense volatility, especially when we zoom out uh, and we talk about these four-year cycles and um, having the four-year mindset. So yeah, that's the big thing is like, it's not, I would say it's not that hard from, from a complexity standpoint, it's not that hard to utilize the volatility and to really capitalize on top of it. Um, it is hard when it comes to controlling your emotions and like there's challenges there, don't get me wrong, but the plan is pretty simple. 
Yeah. And, and from a, to be clear, like from a point of view standpoint, uh, you know, for us, we're going to zoom step back for a second. When we first launched and talked about the core four, you know, one of the things we often warn against is a lot of people actively trade the market. And as I told a friend last night, we were talking about crypto and I said, to be fair, when I hear actively trade the market, what I hear is you're probably not making any money or you're losing money. So in other words, we often stress patience and sort of not over trading the market from that side because the assumption is people are going to sell and especially people like when they get excited, the normal instinct is to buy. And when you get scared, afraid, concerned, the normal instinct is to sell. And so I like I like what you're setting up here. And again, what we're saying basically is, in reality, it, it's not a very easy thing to hold through a 60%, 70%, 80% drop-off, right? One, right? one thing that's very fascinating is um, anyone that's held crypto, they, they can tell you what their balance was at the peak of, of, of a run. They know what they had, and now they know what they have on the other side of it. And so the point is, it's almost impossible for most people to actually hold for a 5- to 10-year period through, again, unreal levels of volatility. So not only can you we take advantage of it, like you're saying, Justin, and use it to our advantage, we also think that, frankly, most people are going to be unable to actually pull that off. So definitely a viable strategy. I have friends who do that. Uh, and that is not the, the route that I have chosen to take. Yeah. I, another way of framing it, I think would be like for me personally, I, I was buying Bitcoin, you know, at $2,000, $3,000. Then it went up to 20 K. Uh, and I was buying more heavily, a lot more heavily. Trust me. After it was, it had gotten to, you know, Eighteen, nineteen thousand dollars. I started buying heavily, uh, and I had to endure a brutal uh, two, two and a half year bear market. Uh, and I have personally, I have no interest in enduring that again. Uh, <laughs> like that, that was not fun. Um, and I will gladly take some profits at the top and or near the top if I can. And I'm going to sit on that, and I'm going to wait, and I'm going to wait for extreme fear in the market, and that's when. That's when I'm going to start buying again. Um, one of the things, sorry, one more thing on that, Brandon. The, I think another angle to this is like why you want to capitalize on the volatility. When you, when you zoom out, especially if you can, um, if you can have as many U.S. dollars right to buy with in that bear market, that's going to just massively increase your upside. You know, three or four years out from that time frame. Um, so that's another angle is I don't think, um, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. I don't think a lot of people realize this, but I think it's, it's very easy to underestimate just the, the buying power, um, that you really have if you can scale out and sell some near the top and wait and buy that fear. I think that has immense impact that a lot of people don't realize until you actually do it. And you're like, oh, wow, that was yeah, that had a huge impact on how much growth I've been able to see over the last several years. That's good. Yeah, one thing I'll say before we transition to our next uh, segment here is I think it's helpful for everyone to think through this process. Because we talked about last time, if you started in crypto anytime after 2018, you know, 
we've never ex actually experienced this this parabolic phenomenon. I want you to imagine that you you bought you know you were an early adopter, uh, you were wise, you bought Bitcoin when it was a thousand dollars, and you cashed out a thousand dollars out of savings, and you bought one Bitcoin. So. I don't exactly know the date that would have been in 2016 or 2017, but you did it. Congratulations. Um, and and you actually rode the market up all the way to, to 16, 17, 18, 19K. Probably at that point, you're probably starting to tell a few people that, that you know, or, or at least, hey, maybe you should pay attention to this. So you, you know that you just did a, a 16, 17, 18, almost 20X by the end of the market. If you didn't sell any time in that zone, you would have ridden the market down to 13K, then down to 8K, 6K. You actually would have gotten, I think, close to $3,200. Yep, 3200 So, and that would have transpired, like Justin said, over like a like an 18-month, two-year period. And then you would have waited another 12 months uh you know, 12 to 18 months to get back to where you were, yep. which again, if you held the whole time, you're fine. And, you know, when we hit six figures, buying, buying one Bitcoin at a hundred at a thousand dollars per Bitcoin is a brilliant decision. Right. But you, you literally would have to be in a situation where you kept your Bitcoin away from yourself. Uh, you didn't check the market. Like you have to have like nerves of steel to almost not care about it. There's not many people that can that can have 19 grand and just be okay with riding that thing all the way down to almost three grand, and just go, yeah, I made the right decision, right? So what we're yeah what we're advocating for is if if you had sold that thing, just to set up an example, even if you had sold it at 12 and rebought at five, you go from one bitcoin to two to three bitcoin. Yep. And that literally that's two moves or, or five moves if you did it in fractions. And I think that's a good example of kind of what we're talking about. If you can hold the whole time, we're all in. We're big fans. We just don't think that most people can actually do that. Yeah. So let's shift gears and talk about actually mistakes to avoid. So we'll kind of dance to the negative side for a second to help paint the picture a different way. So Justin... If you're going to exit the market, and again, most people do, uh, they just don't exit on their own terms. If you're going to exit the market, what, from your perspective, are the biggest mistakes people make? Um, so I guess the first one to me is this feeling like the market's going to go up forever. And what that what happens, uh, I'll tell you what it looks like. It may not, like no one's going to say the market's going to go up forever. No one actually says that, right? But what, what they do is they move the goalposts. So I remember uh, in, the, in 2017, everyone was saying $10,000 bit, $10, Bitcoin is going to be the top. Um, and as soon as we clearly went past that and it started to head for $20,000, a bunch of people started moving the goalpost all the way to $100,000. Like 10, that, that's 10x more than their previous price projection. So, uh, yeah, that's a big move. So like one of the things I'm trying to watch out for myself and I want to listen to is there's going to be people in the next six months that are going to start calling for a million dollar Bitcoin in 2022. And if that happens, wow, like that's going to be, uh, like, I don't want to be the guy that says Bitcoin can't do that. I don't think it's going to do that. Um, 
but yeah, that, that moving the goalpost mentality, uh, thinking that it's just going to keep going up forever, usually doesn't end well. Yeah, and we talked about the phenomena, you know, around the time, you know, the whole Elon Musk episode, SNL, and it's like, oh, there's this new, uh, there's this new niche industry called TikTok crypto analysts that once, <laughs> uh, you know, our beloved Dogecoin, uh, once Dogecoin hit like. 50 cents or 60 cents or 70 cents. I mean, people with, you know, that like popped up out of nowhere were saying, oh man, it's going to $3. And so it's, yep. it happens all the time. And yeah, that's, that's a danger to avoid. Uh, secondly, frankly, just the idea of just panic selling. So it, when everything's going up and all the lights are green, everyone feels confident. I made the right decision. They feel validated. Like you said last time, they feel euphoric. Why would I sell? And then there's a 50%, 60% correction. We fall off a cliff and they, and they basically feel this instant regret. And they go, you know what? Selling now is actually better than waiting for it to go to zero. Or I'd rather sell now than wait till it drops 90%. I feel like an idiot, right? Uh, and it, there's that massive emotional roller coaster from euphoric to the opposite of euphoric, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and that that's a massive mistake. And, and again, we, we you and I both have had friends text us on Bitcoin drops when we drop from you know 66 down to 50, and, and someone will text us and say, "Hey, I just sold. I think I think that was it." Yep. You know, and, and we're trying to be like, okay, we don't think it was, but why did you sell? And they usually will say, if they're honest, I was afraid. That's a mistake to avoid. And, and in the episode today, we're going to talk about how to avoid it and not just don't, don't do it. We're actually going to help you with that. Justin, what's another one on your list? Um, actually, before I get to another one, I have a story there, a really quick story uh, <laughs> that I really wanted to share. Uh, the So I'll give you an example of when I made this mistake of... Um, I like hearing about your mistakes more oh, than shoot. mine. So I don't know if I told you this one, but uh, this might be the first time we hear it. So we mentioned earlier that Bitcoin fell to $3,200. Okay. I, in, I remember where I was. I remember that week. I actually sold Bitcoin. Some of my Bitcoin, I sold it at $3,400 thinking I could rebuy at $2,000. And what I ended up doing was watching it go all the way up to like $4,500 and then I rebought. And I basically lost like 30% of my Bitcoin on that move. All because I was trying to get cute and like overtrade the market uh, and, and basically like try to be quote unquote smarter than everyone else. Right. All, I, all I had to do was buy, right? Like, like these lessons, these mistakes to avoid, they have come from very painful mistakes that I know I have made, and I know Brandon that you've probably got some personal stories in there too. Um, but like that, that was so unnecessary. So uh, a little story there, but uh, right. <laughs> I thought it's worth yeah, sharing. Exactly, and I, I think in general, high level point, you know, because of the the cycle mindset, we actually think and are confident about that we can actually pre plan a lot of these moves and simplify. Right now, if things change. We're willing to adapt, but what we what we what we recommend against is kind of this this you know all over the place. Everything's going up. I better buy before it takes off. And then once things start dipping, this panic selling or like Justin yeah. said, I mean we 
We know people that when Bitcoin was at 30K, they literally thought they were going to get 20K or 10K and they didn't buy and they rebought at 50. And that's that's more common than uh, than 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 not. So, Justin, what's another mistake uh, people should avoid? Yeah, so uh, this one we mentioned, I know, on at least a few podcasts is selling everything at one time. And uh, well, these kind of these two go together, selling Mm -hmm. everything at once and then trying to sell the very top. Um, so if a lot of times the people are trying to snipe the very top and like, Oh, I want to sell the very top. They're doing that with all of their crypto, right? They're, they're trying to exit the market completely in one trade. Uh, and they're trying to just basically guess or predict where that top is. Um, those things usually go hand in hand, but those, those are two that I would say are very common. A lot of people try to do that. Yours truly, I've tried to do that before, uh, and it does not, it doesn't go well. Sometimes you'll get lucky. The, the worst thing that can happen is actually you do it properly because <laughs> then it gives you like all this confidence and you're like, oh, I could do it again. And then, and then you try it again and you just get absolutely wrecked. Absolutely. So not worth it. Yeah. And two, you know, trying, thinking that you have to sell everything at one time, it puts just as much stress and it, it basically loads a decision with something that you, that's a mistake that you can avoid. Uh, it's, it's just like, I mean, there are people that have a sum of money either through they sold an asset, an investment. Um, they, I mean, you know, maybe they got, uh, you know, funds through uh, an inheritance and it's like they're sitting on a large pile of cash, you know, relatively speaking. And it's like, okay, I, I've got to figure out the one spot to buy and like move all this into the market at once. And again, our, our point of view is you can scale in, you can scale out. We'll talk about how to build that plan in just a second. Yeah, the last thing I was going to mention is something that, you know, I I try to avoid any kind of victim mindset, right? Something happened to me. I'm the victim. I couldn't have controlled that. And, and, and rather saying, what if I know something is coming, what can I do to prepare myself and find an alternate solution or at least have options? And so what I'm alluding to here is if you try to sell when everybody else sells, if you're on Coinbase, maybe even Voyager or Gemini, maybe even FTX, if you're on Coinbase, Coinbase is going to be down. And by the time you get enough clarity and confidence or fear or whatever, enough energy to make the decision to sell, if you sell when everybody else sells, you won't be able to sell in that moment. Right. And maybe you can sell four hours later, two hours later, but the price of Bitcoin could fall $20,000 and it leaves you feeling like, oh, no, something bad happened to me. And, and that's just something we want to avoid at every cost. So we are telling you now Coinbase will go down. Right. You need to have a plan that is different from trying to sell when everybody else is selling. It's almost like a situation where if you need a cab and so does everybody else. Everybody ain't getting a cab, right? I guess Uber solves that problem, but I, uh, I digress. Uh, Justin, anything else to mention on the topic before we actually shift to recommendations? Yeah, so really quick, uh, the last thing, and I think this is one of the biggest things, is actually um, uh, just around crypto and taxes. And uh, we're not tax experts, right? We don't claim to be. Um, but from a, uh, let me just tell you a quick story that happened to a friend of mine. Um, in 2017, the bull market happened to be ending 
basically in December, near the end of the year. Um, and in crypto, well, any transaction is a taxable event. So if you sell your Ethereum that you bought two years ago or a year ago or who have, you know two weeks ago into US dollars or into Bitcoin, you're locking in, quote unquote, locking in those profits. Um, and you are, you now owe taxes on that transaction. Well, my friend didn't, wasn't really thinking about that. Then December, like that was in mid-December, he locked in all of these profits. Then in January, the market crashed and he basically lost everything. Well, the IRS doesn't care about that. Like <laughs> you still owe taxes on like your gains from the previous year. So he ended up getting this massive tax bill. He didn't even have the money to pay it because right? he lost everything in the, in when, when everything crashed. Um, that is a mess that you want to avoid. So, um, Brandon, I know you've got, uh, you're better at articulating uh, the find a whatever attacks uh, yeah. professional. So I'll leave that up to you. But the point is, uh, there are tax implications of every decision you're making. Um, and I don't mean that to scare you. But if anything, that just reinforces the mentality of try to maintain fewer transactions. Like if you're placing 100 trades a week, yeah, have have fun. Have fun figuring that out, and I hope you're ready to pay your tax guy a lot of money to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, and to make sure it sounds like we're not like talking out of both sides of our mouth, we are not saying don't sell. What what you know we're trying to articulate is uh, you have responsibility to if you're a U.S. citizen uh, or you you live and work in the U.S. However, the the IRS cares about that. You have obligations off of those those transactions. So. Part of the plan has to be making sure that you have money to actually pay the taxes and not getting in a parlay mindset and uh, moving all your profits into something else and it falls off a cliff. And like, like Justin, like you said, you end up owing more than you actually even have uh, on hand, which is yeah. not the best spot to be in. So, right. and, and there are plenty, there's plenty of honestly online resources that talk about crypto and taxes. Um, thankfully there's even, uh, there's a few tax people I follow that are, you know, professional CPAs, whatever, that are even starting to talk about this a lot more on Twitter, the web. Um, you can find a tax professional that's more sort of crypto friendly. Um, and there's even services online, uh, where you can actually upload all of your data and they will spit out a number and tell you what you owe and give you sort of tax ready, uh, documents. So, do your own research. We are trying to be an alert mechanism to make sure that you don't get stuck, you don't get burned. Um, anyway, so we, we're happy to play that role, even if it's just to help you avoid a catastrophe. So, uh, very good. So, again, just to, just to sort of set the stage, we're about to make four recommendations for actually how to build a, a, an exit plan. Now, I will say this at the outset. Mine and Justin's exit plans are going to look different. So we are not saying there is one exit plan and you need to find it and you need to do it. Um, and we'll talk about maybe why that is, but I, I, I want you to understand kind of going into this that your exit plan is going to be based on your risk tolerance, your portfolio allocation, your goals, uh, when you entered, what you're concerned about, what you're trying to protect, if you need the money for something else. So again, just kind of going into it, but the really the importance of having the plan is all about helping you 
keep the profits that you you make, right? And we, we talked about that. If you make profit, take profit. And this is actually how in a, in a, in a transactional, functional way that you, you take those, those profits. But it also, again, to allude to a point we made earlier, having a plan, it, it's essentially it's essentially sort of pre-programming these decisions, thinking through the scenario and going, if Bitcoin hit this, what would I do? And actually being able to almost like process all those thoughts before you have all of the emotion and the hysteria and the concern and the fear and, and the emotion. And, and to me, th- any, any, any person that's mastered their craft, they practice. They imagine, you know, a, a cellist who's going to perform on a stage. They've not only practiced the music, they've thought through what that live performance will feel like. They've practiced on that very stage. You know, it's like a basketball player who envisions taking the last shot and where he would get the ball inbounded from. And that's what we're advocating for, right? We're advocating thinking through those things ahead of time. And again, we hope at Blazing Crypto that we can be a big part of helping you you do that. So without further ado, um, let's talk about the four recommendations that we have for building an exit plan. And this is really a starter, uh, kind of a primer to this. There's, there's a much could be said and written about all of these points. The first one is create a written plan. So in business, uh, in life, uh, you will hear from all corners of the globe that you need to write down your goals. You need to write down your plan. You know, I, I work in marketing and uh, it's amazing how many people that are doing marketing do not have a written marketing plan. And it's a mistake. The good news is it's a mistake you can avoid. And the point is having a plan written down. There's just something about it. It makes you it makes you do the work required to get there, but it also makes the plan easier to edit, modify, adjust, communicate, ask someone a question off of. Uh, once you have uh, a plan. So go through the exercises. Think through step by step. Maybe even think through, okay, so if I if I needed to do a move this instant, you know, do I have everything I would need? Can I get from point A to point B? What does that look like? Maybe you want to set up a secondary exchange account. Again, there's diff- different things you can do depending on your level of sort of skill and experience, but think through the move step by step. Um, And I would even say whether it's setting a goal or setting a target amount that you want to achieve, you know, one thing we want want to avoid is we don't want to set unrealistic goals. If you have $1,000 in the market right now, you're not going to exit with a million dollars in three months. Uh, And if you did, get out, stay out like you, you cheated the system. That's not going to happen. So don't be unrealistic. I think what I'm getting at here is, like Justin said, with moving the goalposts, you know, if you're in a scenario where you, you're you in a trade and you 3x or 4x a trade in three months, you ought to be in a place where you can be pretty satisfied with that or at least know what position you'll take out at that point and not simply say, oh, I wonder if I could do it again. And that's what we're trying to say is make some of those decisions ahead of time. And that way, when the euphoria is there, when the emotion is there, when everyone else is moving into the market, you've already thought about the fact that you need to be moving out in sort of your general disposition. 
So Justin, tell us, uh, give us our second recommendation. Yeah. So uh, another another good one is actually uh, like writing down your sell targets um, and using the dollar cost average approach. So um, I like to use a tiered approach for for this and have multiple exit points. And ideally, you have at least like four. Uh, to me, the more the better. Um, so like one, one example would be, okay, of your entire, let's say, let's say you're all in Bitcoin just to make things simple. Um, one approach would be, I'm going to sell 10% of what I have when Bitcoin hits a hundred thousand, I'm going to then sell 15% of what I have when it hits 150, 20% when it hits 200,000. And then if it hits 250,000, I'm going to sell another 30%. So as the price is climbing, you're selling off and you're selling off more aggressively. Um, and if you do that, you know, you'll, you know, you'll be able to average out uh, of Bitcoin, you know, somewhere around 200K. Wow. Like that, that's a really good approach. And you, it doesn't, it doesn't mean you have to sell the exact top. Um, one of the things in this approach though, that you have to kind of like guard is your emotions because if you sell 10% of Bitcoin at 100K, it's probably going to keep going. And that's perfectly fine. Like, that's a part of the plan. Um, there's nothing wrong with taking profits and then watching the coin continue to pump. Um, that, like, that is perfectly normal. And it's, yeah, I can't stress the, the importance of letting that go. Because if you obsess over, oh, I sold and it just pumped another 10%, I'm going to rebuy. No, just let it go. Stick to the plan, uh, and that's the big important part of writing it down, is so you can stick to it. Absolutely, I will mention here uh, if you're interested that there's actually sort of a hidden a hidden benefit to what, what Justin just advocated for. Um, and if you don't get it, that's fine. But there's a hidden benefit here, which is take Justin's scenario where you sold ten percent or so of your portfolio at ten at a hundred thousand. And you sold 15% near 150,000. Let's say Bitcoin hit 160K and we saw a 30% sell off. And we went back to the low, the low 100s, right? And, and you, you would have the option there if you thought the market was going to rebound and recover. That's a topic for another day. Uh, and something we would want to do carefully. The point is, you have US dollars to invest, you have liquidity. You are, at, you are operating from a position of strength, not from a position of weakness. So again, there are multiple benefits to selling before, even if you knew what the actual top was, there are many benefits to selling in stages like Justin uh, advocated. Okay, so third, getting into that more, uh, more uh, in depth. And this is really more of a mindset issue, and so it doesn't feel as practical but if you can get this right in your head, it helps every decision downstream. Okay, so here's the thing. We want to sell into the strength of the market. Basically, as everyone is rushing in, we are sort of cutting cross grain and actually starting to move out. What this does, it's a good idea by itself. But in thinking about trying to advise on a couple of different points here, selling into the strength of the market actually helps you avoid a whole host of other problems 
that are sort of challenging on their own to avoid because the timing is just so tricky. So selling into the strength of the market, selling before you, you have to, helps you avoid these things. Number one, I would say the best way to avoid uh, your exchange going down and you having 100% of your portfolio in an exchange that's, that's shut down that you can't get into is actually selling into the strength. Selling while the market is going up and not waiting till again, it starts to, to drop and everyone panics. If you sell into strength, at least with you know, 30, 40, 50, 60% of your portfolio, you will not have that problem because you'll be out of the market, at least with a, a, a sizable portion. The second thing it helps with is you're not left holding your entire bag of crypto off of a, a 70% drop. It just doesn't feel good, guys. And, and to Justin's point, if you're holding uh, at the very top, you're going to know exactly how much you had in your portfolio balance. You may have screenshotted it. If you do that, it's going to make the bear market feel a lot longer because it's going to have to get all the way back up to the top again uh, in order for you to feel like you've even recovered. And, and, and it makes the bear market like two or three times longer than the bear market actually is. But again, if you sell into strength as the market is going up, you basically don't have to worry about that. Uh, and then wrapping up this point, uh, and this is actually a very uh, underrated point, is by selling into strength, you're actually exercising the muscle of taking profits. Um, that's really important. You need to, to sort of know what that feels like and actually make yourself do it before you actually have to and it becomes urgent. So again, selling into strength solves a whole host of problems if you sell on the way up instead of when things start to go down. Justin, carry us home and mention uh, recommendation number four. Yeah, so community. Community is key. Um, I strongly recommend that you um, make, make these moves with other people, not meaning that you have to convince someone to do it with you, but having a community of one, even if it's just one person or two or three people, um, where you can talk about crypto, talk about your exit plan, um, and kind of bounce ideas off of one another, that's going to give you, that's just going to set you up for success. Um, I know that, uh, like, there's a lot of times where the market was really shaky and it was scary and. Yeah, one of the first things I do, I'll call Brandon or text Brandon and we'll talk about, hey, what's going on right now? Like, what's your take on things? Um, Brandon and I, honestly, like, we're constantly talking about these things. Like, uh, and your wives can confirm. Yeah. Uh, but no, the, the real the real value in that, though, isn't just I mean, yeah, it's fun to talk about, like, but that's not the core like that's not at the core of it, right? Like there's a, there's a lot of, I think, unrealized benefits uh, or underappreciated benefits that we get from being able to talk things through with other people. Um, and like Brandon has said things and it's like checked my, you know, it checks me and I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Like, that's a really good point. Or, you know, vice versa. Like I'm sure um, there's just been so much of that. And the community aspect to me has been a key player in being able to make it through crypto um, over the last you know four or five years. Yeah, that's good. And I can echo all of those points. Um, 
you know, it, it's very difficult to actually truly understand um, yourself uh, and see yourself accurately and make fully objective decisions, right? Like even if you have a plan, it's helpful to have other people to help you stick to it, to help you talk through it, to ask you questions. Hey, what's, what are you afraid of? Like what's the worst case scenario? And just help you help you move in, in, in and around those decisions and validate or invalidate those, those choices. You know, another point on this is um, one of the things that's been really critical to our success is actually curating a list of people on Twitter that that we both follow. Um, I will say this. I think it's actually very, very important. If you get this right, it's a cheat code. If you get this wrong, it can lead you down some very to, to some very bad decisions and actually affect your, your mental mindset, which affects every decision you will make. Who you follow, who you listen to is very, very important. And I think I mentioned this last time. I would actually say sort of begin to pare down and trim that list um, the closer kind of we get to the end. Very quickly, here's three or four people that, that Justin and I follow. We are not saying that like everything they say is perfect or they, I mean, some of these guys are traders. And so we're not trading the things they're on. So we're not saying do everything they say. We recommend these guys because they help us understand macro view. Where are we? What just happened? Why did it happen? What's happening next? What's historical precedent? They just bring things to the table that we just don't have access to or exposure to. And at a bare minimum, it helps us ask better questions, which just helps everything. Um, it helps us not make rash decisions. So four people we would recommend that you follow, and these will be in the show notes, uh, whether you're on a podcast channel or whether you're on, you're on YouTube. That'll be better than trying to read all these addresses off because some of them are a little bit uh, different. Uh, the first one is Scott Melker. He is called the Wolf of All Streets. Um, Scott's a big player in the community, um, but, but really good information, even some entertaining information. He'd be recommended. Uh, secondly, um, as I've said before, this is a Raul Pal podcast in the sense of uh, he's just he brings some macro strategy and big picture thinking, but I just have not found replicated elsewhere. Uh, just a fantastic follow, um, and he's got a cool accent, you know. But I'm not I'm not too much of a fanboy. Uh, <laughs> you're t- you're a total fanboy. Just stop. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> Uh, third, and Justin, the fourth one is slipping my mind, so you may have to help me with this. But third is a guy, he calls himself Mr. Anderson. I think it's like True Crypto 28. We'll put the, the, the code, uh, his, his, his uh, follow um, address in the, the notes. But he's been awesome about, again, setting the big picture when Bitcoin dumps and everyone is panicking. He is able to sort of set the table and just say, this is where we are. This is what's happening. This is what you should, you should expect next. He actually called, he said at 3,500 or 3,800 a year and a half ago, this is the bottom. This is a great time to just close your eyes, just shut everything else out, buy what you can, and don't touch it. He said the very same thing at 30K this year. Um, and he likes to remind people of that with retweets, but it actually reinforces, again, there are people that see things more accurately and more objectively uh, than we do. Justin, is there somebody I forgot? Yeah, so Anthony Pompliano is that's one right. that I really recommend to people. Um, he's got a he's got a lot of free content that's just really good. Um, I will I will signal ahead of time. He 
I don't think he's ever sold Bitcoin. So, <laughs> so he is definitely not going to recommend you, you sell your Bitcoin. He loves to just buy and only buy. Um, but he's just really good. Uh, he's got really good content. It'll help you understand the big picture and kind of like where the market's going overall. Um, yeah. And, it, and if any time like you're struck with fear and you feel like the fear might be controlling your decision making, Anthony Pompliano is a great person to go like, just like read and listen to. Uh, he'll he'll check you out for sure. That's awesome. So, Justin, you, in a second, you've got an exciting announcement to make related to some of this. Um, but I wanted to recap the four recommendations briefly here. So one is create a written plan, actually go through the discipline and time and energy of writing it down. Uh, secondly, set your sell target and commit to dollar cost average selling and scaling out of the market and actually put numbers to those sell targets. Third, commit to selling into strength to basically just avoid a whole host of problems that you can simply avoid by committing to doing this approach. And then fourth, start to build or curate your community. Or for some of you that listen to some people that are chasing some wild and crazy trades, maybe you should start tuning out some people um, that maybe were successful while things were going crazy. Um, but again, we, we want to be measured and intentional about our approach and not simply chasing the market. So be careful who you listen to. Justin, I'll turn it over to you. You've got an exciting announcement to make. Yeah. So the, uh, uh just a really along the lines of this community aspect. Um, one of the big things that, um, Brandon and I wanted to accomplish was to basically have a community of people of crypto, um, enthusiasts that can come together and, um, share ideas, talk strategy. Um, so one of the things that we're launching here in early December is actually a paid Discord group. Um, and uh, if you're not familiar with Discord, it's basically like a, um, it's an app that you can, you know, you can have it on your computer or your phone. It's like a um, community app with different channels. So we're going to be able to really talk about um, this exit strategy and a lot more, but along the way. And I think that's going to be really helpful. Um, other things that we'll do in there too are just like market updates, like market condition updates. So um, uh, Brandon and I will be touching base in there a lot, answering questions, and really just kind of having this community that's going to grow and learn together, uh, and and really navigate through this this you know next four years that we're really excited about, um, and we think it's going to be really beneficial to a lot of you, um, not just from like a answering your questions and talking with you standpoint, but I think really from like the value that you can add to the community as well. Uh, and kind of like doing this, doing this journey together. Yeah, absolutely. And and this has been really critical to our origin story, why we started all this in the first place. You know, Justin and I had sort of developed a lot of this kind of community organically with just friends and family. And, and, and again, it's realized you know, one person, all the connections you can have, is limited if, if you're just sort of single singularly contacting people individually and everything's sort of a one-on-one -on -one text you know conversation so this we, we really want to open this up and and build a community of like-minded people that can help one another um, but also can benefit from some of the things that justin and i have been able to develop sort of experiment with try out prove out one thing that i'm really excited about as well is um you know Justin and I are always sort of interested in what's next. What's the next 
uh, way that crypto is going to disrupt the market or take over what who's doing innovative stuff in the space. And so even the ability to have almost like a, a think tank or a, a lab component to this, we, we just want to share also the things that we're just looking into. So we're not necessarily advocating like full investment into, um, but it might be a project. Uh, you know, it could be some stuff that we're even talking about with NFTs or stuff related to crypto. And this, it's going to be a great way of being able to do a lot of sharing. Like Justin said, you know, if you've got questions, uh, submitting those. Um, and then just a, good, a really good way to provide a lot of benefit and analysis and help in ways that just otherwise uh, are a lot more uh, difficult and manual. And so we couldn't be more excited about that. I know we went, uh, we went longer today, but hopefully this has been a benefit to you. Uh, it really is important. We want you to be successful. So uh, for Justin, uh, I'm Brandon. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. For more information, check out our website at blazingcrypto.io. Additionally, if you have friends that are new to crypto, share our trailhead videos from our website, which is a great way to get introduced to crypto.